So this time of the year, you're probably all getting messages from uh, sons and daughters and friends and relatives all abroad, enjoying the sun somewhere. Actually, probably not enjoying the sun. They're probably baking in the sun. Uh, down, if they're down in Italy or down in the south of France, they're probably messaging back saying, can't wait to get home, can't wait for the drizzle, <laughs> can't wait to get back to normal temperatures. Uh, but it's, it's, it's that holiday season. It's that season where there are a lot of people going abroad and going to Medjugorje, going to pilgrimages and all sorts of wonderful things. Uh, and that's a, it's, it's, it's a, a, a good thing to be able to do. It's, it's not at all uh, anything we should feel guilty for, to actually take holidays, to actually take a rest, to actually have some time away. In fact, if anything, it's a divine command. And I'm saying this with a slight smile on my face because I'm rubbish at it. <laughs> I'm, I'm awful at it. And it's actually something that I'm, I, I intend on working on myself. I'm not good at holidays. I don't know what to do. I don't get them. Um, uh, I'm, I, I'm used to being busy. I'm used to doing things all the time. And so even, even in the evenings then, I'm trying to get a few extra little things done. Or if I do take a day off, I don't consider it a day off because it just means now that the stuff I was supposed to do on that day has now been shoved to the next day. So now I have twice as much to do on the day that I'm on because I'm not taking a day off. So I might as well just not take a day off and have a kind of a normal day. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not good at this whole day off thing. And that, that's not an indirect boast, by the way. I'm not like virtue signaling here. I'm so wonderful. Uh, it's, just, it's just, I don't know, probably the fact that I live in the same place I work. There's always something to do. It's like being a farmer. There's always, you know, you live on the place where you work. So sure, Danny, that, that gate's been creaking for ages. That, that gap in the ditch hasn't been needed to be, to be fixed for years. I'll do it now, you know. So there's always, always something to be done. But it's actually a divine command to rest. It's a divine command <laughs> to rest. It's something God wants for us. Remember that the Sabbath day, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor. So he's saying, please, whatever you do, work. Do actually work. You know, spend six days, work. Do what you need to do, provide for your family. Um, make a difference to society. You've been given a body, you've been given intelligence. Use them for good. Use them for the service of others. Absolutely. But, on the seventh day, it's for the Lord your God. You shall do no work on that day. It's kind of difficult for me as a priest, because I only work one day a week. The day I'm not supposed to. <laughs> I work on Sundays. Sorry. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a divine command, right, to reserve this day for the Lord. And the Lord, even with his apostles, on a few occasions he would say to them, come away with me. Spending time with the Lord. I mean, it's, 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 as I say, it's a divine command. It is, it is actually essential. Because there is always something more to do. And I'm not sure if, if technology... Has it helped? I suppose it has in a way. Uh, uh, maybe 100 years ago, like, saving hay. We needed, uh, there was, uh, excuse my farmer example now, but there's a, a field across the way here. And about 10 weeks ago... Uh, there was a tractor cutting the grass on that field with three mowers attached to it. Now, again, if you're a farmer, you'll find this fascinating. If you're not, you won't even know what I'm talking about. But one mower in the middle of the tractor and two mowers out the side. Okay, now, when I grew up, we had a... Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get lost in farmer, farmer details here. We had a, a four-disc mower, right, which was considered huge at the time. A friend of ours had a five-disc mower. We were, five disc more okay this thing 
was carrying, I think, uh, an, a six-disc and two eight discs out the side. He was cutting half the field every time he was driving up and down, right? Now, before, that was done by hand. <laughs> that was done with by a side, and you took, and, and there were lads boasting about the fact that they could cut a half an acre in a day or something. This thing cut a half, half an acre while you're on your phone in an air-conditioned cab in 10 seconds. You know, so, so yeah, technology has helped in a, lot, in a lot of ways, but it's also created a lot of other things. Now, we find ourselves having a lot less time because, because it's a, we have a constant source of entertainment. Our time just gets eaten away. It, just, and it seems there's less and less time left. I wonder like, if, if people back in the day had more time for, you know, when the, at the end of the, 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 the threshing, as they'd call it, when they're saving the corn and that, uh, that this sounds, yeah, someone would come over in the evening, the cool of the evening, with a crate of bottled Guinness. And all the lads would sit down on the bale, well, there weren't bales, sit down on the ground <laughs> and drink their, their, their cool Guinness and, uh, and have a chat and talk. I mean, this, and this was, uh, farmers had to help each other because no one, farm, no one farmer had a big enough family to, to, to save a whole field of hay and get it in before the rain. So they helped each other. And there was a real sense of community. I mean, even, even the cities in Dublin, I'm sure, I'm sure it was similar in different ways. You weren't working on those kind of things. But as regards babysitting, as regards taking care of each other's families and that kind of thing, I'm sure there was all sorts of community. And now with, with all of our tech, are we any better off? Like, have we, has it saved time? Have we more time for the important things? Or has it created more time, which now we fill with entertainment? And so we don't feel like we've any more time at all. Reserving time, reserving time deliberately for God is a divine command. He wants us to do this, and we need to do this. He's not creating this arbitrary command just to make life difficult for us. We need this. We need this. And like, there are some desperately tragic statistics out there of the amount of screen time that young people ha have in a day or in a week and how proportional that is to their depression rates. So the more time they're spending on screens, and a lot of the young people I would know, it's upwards of three to four hours in a day. In a, that, that's like a part-time job. Uh, four or five hours in a day on the screen. And, and, and I wouldn't mind, I suppose, at least if they were looking up good things. But they look up people with different kinds of T-shirts and different makeup styles and people doing little dances and cats on skateboards and fireworks and absolute rubbish. Rubbish. Just hours and hours of rubbish. And, but you see all these perfect people, all their perfect lives, all their perfect eyebrows, all their perfect clothes, their perfect lifestyles, and then you've got me, big heap of misery. But you keep looking at all these perfect people. Why can't I be like them? Four hours a day, why can't I be like them? It's awful. It's a divine command to rest, which doesn't mean sitting on the couch with a phone. It means time with him. And that's what you're doing. That's what this retreat is about. Like, we're taking some time out of our busy life. We all have other things to do. You could all be other places. We're all busy. But you've taken this time to be with the Lord. 
and he will reward that. He's looking forward to spending time with you. He's looking forward to revealing more of his heart to you. He's looking forward to, like any, like any uh, parent would, uh, when, when their kids come home from, from abroad or maybe when they're smaller, even when they come home from school, you look forward to seeing your child again and asking them how their day was and how was school and how was Johnny, the fellow you were sitting beside who stole your pencil yesterday? How was he today? Great, that's lovely. Good, you're all friends again. Excellent. And you just love hearing their little stories. As adults, that doesn't actually change. The Lord still wants to hear our stories. He still wants to hear our pain. He still wants to hear about our joys. And this weekend, he has called you together to this retreat for healing. We're coming away from the busy and distracting and loud world full of, of flashing neon signs and lights and entertainment and distraction. We're leaving all that and we're coming into a forest with a nice mansion plonked in the middle of it to spend time with Jesus our Saviour so that in the calm and the quiet, especially of this place here, of this chapel, that he can touch your heart. That he can heal you. The memories, the hurts, the wounds, everything that we've accumulated over the, over the years. That he can reach in and identify any of the roots that are there that are preventing you from being happy. And this is a great gift. It's why the Lord asks us to do it. To, to reserve time for him. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath for the Lord your God. You shall do no work on that day. Neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your servants, men or women, nor your animals, nor the stranger who lives with you. In six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that these hold, but on the seventh day he rested. That is why the Lord has blessed that day and made it sacred. May the Lord bless our time away with him over these next few days. And may we see his healing power. Amen.